Hello everyone, my name is Weston Nakamura from Blockworks Macro in Tokyo. It's Monday, March 20th, 2023 at Asia Markets Close. Welcome to the Market Depth Podcast, bringing you global market commentary and analysis from the Asia Pacific trading session so that you know what happened overnight. So today we'll cover the first market reaction out of Asia following the historic UBS takeover of Credit Suisse over the weekend. And by over the weekend, I mean hours before you know, Asia market open on Monday. So in a very rushed last minute deal, UBS will take over Credit Suisse uh, with heavy support from Swiss authorities. Um, so we have the government covering losses of up to 9 billion francs uh, and the Swiss National Bank, the central bank offering 100 billion francs uh, in liquidity. So this is an all stock deal um, with a one to 22 and a half merger share merger ratio. Okay. So about 3 billion francs for all shares of credit Suisse, meaning the equity holders of CS got something, uh, while a certain class of bondholders are wiped out. And so more on that in a moment, you know, right. right after that deal announcement, we also have an announcement out of the major central banks in a joint statement where, you know, dollar swap lines that, uh, between the, the fed, the ECB, the bank of Japan, the Bank of England, the Swiss National Bank, and the Bank of Canada, they'll be run from basically, you know, the current weekly to now a daily basis. Um, so th these daily swap lines between the Fed, the ECB, the BOE, the SNB, BOJ, Bank Canada, um, those are going, going to run till at least until end of April. Um, this is basically an existing facility that's addressing sort of a non-existent problem before it becomes a problem you know, in a way, right? So um, earlier today, we saw the Bank of Japan offer this, you know, dollar fund supply operation and then saw zero bids, okay? So again, it's, there's no real need for it, but it's good to know that there is this, you know, dollar supply facility in place now on a daily basis in case there's a need. Also regarding central banks, um, we had the PBOC announce today that uh, they've actually they, they've kept their one year and five year loan prime rate LPR rates both unchanged now for the seventh consecutive month. Um, so three point six five percent for one year LPR, four point three percent for five year LPR. Um, these are for those who don't know, these are kind of key lending rates. Uh, the one year LPR is a reference for like corporates. Five years a reference for mortgages um, and. Just remember also that Friday evening we had uh, an unexpected cut to the reserve requirement ratio, the RRR rate, by 25 basis points. That was the first time that happened since last year, December, uh, out of the PBOC. Okay, so all of that occurred in central bank land. Now, as I just mentioned, um, one area of kind of maybe eyebrow raising amidst all this is in an area of what's called the AT1 bonds, also known as contingent convertible bonds or cocos so about 17 billion dollars in credit swiss's at1 bonds got wiped out to zero to worthless now note that these at1s were basically born out of the financial crisis and they're supposed to perform this function of you know being buffers that are to take losses for bondholders if a bank's ca capital ratio falls too low you know it allows for a bank to effectively prop up its balance sheet and stay afloat. Um, these have been key sources of funding for European banks. And the total value of the European AT1 market is about 
$280 billion USD. $270, $280 billion. Okay? So, the fact that these AT1s, these Space AT1s got wiped out, it's not abnormal. You know, as I said, they're supposed to do that in this scenario. But what's potentially controversial is that they were wiped out. Uh, however, equity holders were not completely wiped out. And so that violates this kind of standard capital structure of who gets paid out last, if at all, um, which are supposed to be the equity holders, right? In fact, Credit Suisse themselves also sort of reiterated this point about shareholders will, you know, take hits before the 81 holders. They, just last week, they said this. And so there are credit funds that took, you know, long positions on CS, you know, 81 last week, essentially playing the long moral hazard game. And we're now looking at like minus 100% losses and are quite pissed off, as you might imagine. Um, and who really cares about them, right? But the problem is now there's a broader question um, and kind of a scrambling of what these AT1s uh, kind of across other institutions are valued at, right? Or even more problematic, just generally, broadly speaking, this questioning of or like the unknown of like what uh standard seniority of like capital structures are in in such an environment like when goalposts can be moved um and have been moved in in this way heading into asia open today so let's just take a cross asset look at like the market reaction to all of that so equity indices are down across the board um from asia market open right so aussie spy nikkei were down you know half one and a half percent uh, after cash open hang Seng in particular is down over two and a half percent on the day with every name on the index down with the exception of baidu um which continues its momentum higher from last week's like 15 percent surge after releasing its very own version of chat gpt but now so that's what's happening kind of like the equity index picture but let's take a look at the rates picture now okay so rates have also once again dropped sharply again today 10-year u.s treasury yields uh three and a half 3.5 percent were were the highs and you know below 3.3 percent um were the lows for the asia trading session so basically a 20 base point move um for the 10-year uh treasury and then once again the two-year yields making massive swing from above four percent to below 3.7 percent on the day um, and then simultaneously, we once again see 10-year JGB yields sh sharply falling, right? Hitting as low as 20 basis points on the generic 10-year JGB. Once again, below that December yield curve control shock lift. It's, be it's below the 10-year uh, JGB yield curve control band before the lift, which is at 25 basis points. Um, and so that's, once again, continuing last week's trend of having... You know the rates market being not only just overall on a downward sharp move, but exhibiting these very erratic moves in, in general, very very volatile moves and sharp moves. And for those who listen to the last Friday's episode of Market Depth, you'll know that there's likely a structural problem here that's contributing to these sharp intraday movements in yields, and not necessarily like a demand for safety or uh, collateral uh, that explains the velocity of the moves themselves. So um, on the back of both this like rates moves downward, as well as a continued profit taking from like long positioning in banks, bank shares, bank stocks should continue to see downside today um, as they did during the Asia session, regardless of Credit Suisse and UBS's weekend activities. So it's difficult to parse out just how much of the CS to you know CS UBS news is like impacting, if at all, and how much is just 
you know, what would be the directional move in bank shares globally anyway? So one way to, to look at this is to look through like single stocks, particularly looking at HSBC and Standard Chartered, which are both listed and trade actively um, in Hong Kong. And they're both down heavily today during the Asia trading session. They're both down over 5% um, on volume. And both of which are also taking hits to their respective AT1 bonds. So it seems that while there is a broader macro-driven downside move to global mega-cap bank stocks as per topics bank shares being down, there are also investors who are looking granularly at things like AT1 bonds and various other fundamental you know, exposures and selling shares down as well very difficult to discern but there are both of those factors and that's going to be the kind of a difference between one class of bank stocks or one bank stock getting hit much more so than the other ones so something that you could do potentially as a trade would be like a, a market neutral long short pair in which you'd be long you know japan topics banks as a basket against euro stocks banks right because you're if you're getting downside to both the Japan bank stocks will be hit less than the European ones because they have that additional sort of uh, sell catalyst or sell force or momentum uh, in, in play in the form of these sort of AT1 bonds. Um, either way, this looks like a setup for Euro stocks banks to get hit pretty hard and US banks uh, stocks to get hit uh, pretty hard as well at their respective opens. On the currency front, we actually don't see too much in price action across the major spot cross rates relative to the enormous moves that we've seen in sovereign rate space, which is another continuation of last week's trend. Um, and, you know, FX shouldn't necessarily have to exhibit volatility just because the rates are. In fact, the fact that the major FX pairs are relatively stable amidst huge moves in sovereign rates indicates to me, at least, that yield spreads are more or less staying intact with one another which therefore paints a picture of you know these, these rate swings that are just happening on a broad-based and correlated and almost indiscriminate manner like they're mirroring one one another right such that there's sp the spreads between them actually don't change that much um and then one more thing to just point point on currencies namely on the yen which has steadily been strengthening um again not like uh, exhibiting huge volatility but has been Strengthening nonetheless. If you notice, gold is now above $2,000. You can, in large part, thank the yen for that. And not only just JPY futures and gold futures being correlated, but yen, you know, and the yen being the kind of directional driver of, of the two um, for the most part. But gold price in yen is now with a three handle. Uh, so there is, you know, upside, of course, to you know gold but there is also that correlation with the yen that is still very much intact and so gold traders were looking at gold you need to factor in what is happening with the yen and yen futures as well directionally um and it looks like the european opium as we speak right now euro stocks banks are taking quite a beating down five and a half percent credit Suisse is down 60 percent at the open ubs down nine Deutsche Bank down eight and so on and so forth. Okay, so this is kind of what I was just talking about. So looking ahead, Japan is on holiday tomorrow with markets closed. However, JPX, the Japan exchange, uh, they launch holiday trading as of 
late last year, meaning that there will be continued trading and things like Nikkei and Topics Index futures, as well as JGB futures tomorrow, despite cash markets being, being closed. And then, of course, we have the FOMC meeting ahead this week as well. Um, and so all eyes will be on that and what Chair Powell and company will be doing uh, in the face of all of this turmoil, as well as continued uh, inflation to have to uh, tackle and defeat. Okay, so that is it for me. Thank you for watching yet another episode of Market Depth. Make sure that you have your notifications turned on uh, so that you know these episodes don't slip by because they will be very time-sensitive as to the price action for that particular day. And on behalf of Blockworks Macro, my name is Wes Nakamura. We'll see you next time. Thank you.